join me in a brandy, gentlemen? What a good idea. Yes. Now they retreat into a cloud of smoke and congratulate each other on being masters of the universe. Ladies, thank you for the pleasure of your company. Here you go, Molly. Joining us, Dawson? Well, you don't want to stay out here with the women, do you? <laughs> Actually, it's a good evening. I can't believe I say good morning. I don't know what pressed me to do that because it's dark outside. It makes no sense whatsoever. I say good evening all the time, no matter what it is, and for some reason I say good morning. I have no idea what the hell I was thinking. But it's the Nightfly with your pal, Dave Juskow, a year older, two days after the big birthday show at the Comedy Cellar. This coming out Tuesday, August 21st, 2018. Hey now. So, here we are. The la- I think it's the. Uh, no, I think it's the last show of the summer. I think because. Well, I think you, uh, yeah, you probably take a break next week and then come back with a vengeance the Tuesday after Labor Day doing, for some reason, a Marv Albert imitation that only three people left in the world know because that's how old I am. It was a horrible imitation. I mean, I was getting it right at first and then something went horribly wrong. But, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so this will be the end of the summer podcast, I think. And then it's going to go crazy in the fall. It's going to be unbelievable. Oh, we got so much stuff planned. And when I say planned, we have nothing. But the important thing is always being together and being able to just listen and hang out and explain what's going on and enjoy The time we have left. I'm kidding. No, everything is fine. It's not one of those podcasts. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm very confused. Here's what happened today. I mean, I came home all guns blazing in the the bedroom overlooking the beautiful uh, river in Queens. And uh, it's now pitch black. And because I was talking for two hours on the phone with uh, the great Dan Filato about the state of what is Artie... Lang. Artie Lang. Well, not expected to be with us much longer, I would say, because, uh, yeah, he's... uh, Well, it's not good. It's not good. I mean, there's nothing in particular. Usual stuff. I just think everybody knows it's not going to end very well, and he was just telling me a whole bunch of stuff, and I had a whole bunch of stuff to tell him, and, you know, nothing to report yet, but um, all bad. You know, he's not doing well, and he's still our friend, and, uh, you know, what are you going to do? We uh, we just hope the best for him, because he's, uh, he's still a, a super funny and great guy, and he'll always be a great guy, but he's got a lot of demons, and it's um, really, really 
damn it, you know, it's just one of it just makes you mad because you don't you just want to love the guy and uh, you just you know he's not letting you do that and it's uh, problematic and I don't know you know I mean I'll, I'll probably tell you more when stuff comes out or whatever if it does even anymore but um, you know I don't think there's any way it's going to end well not to start the podcast in a bad podcast in a bad way but I was just like talking for two hours about it so you know because uh, Dan you know Dan moved back to Chicago. He was, you know, obviously living with Artie and everything, and he just couldn't take it anymore either. And that's when he, and that was his boy. Dan has been a loyal friend for many years. I mean, through all the bullshit. And when he took off, that's when it's irreparable. Is that the right word? Irrep... I don't know. Hmm. Sorry. But uh, here we are, actually, uh, two days after an amazing night uh, with the birthday show at the Comedy Cellar. And again, I'm sorry to get off on a bad path like that. But um, it's not a bad path. It's just what's happening. And the uh, so let me just tell you everything. I mean, everything went great. You know, if you've been listening to the show, you know, we had a, a big Dave Juskow birthday show at the Comedy Cellar. And I will play you clips. Today, I got everything prepared. Now, obviously, I'm not going to play anybody's act because that's not cool. But we'll play all the intros and everything. And, you know, you'll get a taste of what you may have missed in a quality show if you don't live in the tri-state area or couldn't get tickets because it was sold out. Um, and it definitely was sold out, which is a, a miracle for me. But that made sense that it would sell out because it had Sarah Silverman and Gilbert Gottfried and, uh, well, for Christ's sake, Scott Rogowski. You know, if you're really looking at why, he's a big deal. So let me just set it up for you here. So uh, I've been very uptight about it because I felt like I wasn't prepared, you know, but I was preparing slowly and I was confused on what I thought the show was. But then I figured it out, you know, slowly but surely. So on Saturday, which, remember, the show was Monday, on Saturday... I actually just went to, uh, well, first of all, on Friday night, I got a new outfit. You know, I was like to get a new outfit for the show, you know, because like to be outfitted in great personal wear. Sometimes I wear something, you know, outrageous for my birthday. And then sometimes, you know, I take it down, try and look halfway like a human. Um, so I went to, into uh, Tommy Bahamas. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, I say to myself, hey, Dave, why do you keep shopping in Tommy Bahamas? But you know what? Tommy Bahamas clothing is good for me because I really believe that any place that makes Hawaiian shirts clearly makes clothes for fat guys. So it works for me, and I really like it. And by the way, I'm still I'm trying to get my – I want to get my boost, my levels better, and I don't know whether I'm doing it right. I keep putting the input level. I don't know – like I know my sound quality is pretty good, but like – and I don't know whether this is me because I listen back to the podcast all the time to make sure – there's nothing I have to edit out or anything, you know. But I listen in increments, too. I don't listen in one sitting. I listen in, like, 20 minutes on my way to work. So I can barely hear anything because there's buses and paper shredder trucks. It's it's a, it's a goddamn nightmare living here. Um, but it's funny. Now that I think about it, when I listen on the radio, like, in my car, it doesn't sound bad. So maybe I don't need to boost the levels. But I did today. So I don't know whether you're on. I'm on my top 
volume on my phone and I'm like I wonder if anybody else has this problem but I haven't heard any complaints so maybe I should just relax but now I can see the levels like kind of peaking so hopefully this isn't blowing out anybody and I'll figure it out when I listen back this time but I opened it up a little bit because I want to put my volume on this next to last you know I don't want it to be on there but I guess if I'm competing with New York City traffic well what are you supposed to do so I don't know whether it's bothering anybody else but I've never heard any complaints so I guess it's not and I'm crazy but I want it loud enough where I don't have to put it on the highest volume. So I, I don't know whether it's working or not. It doesn't matter. Anyway, so Friday night I go to Tommy Bahamas, and uh, the manager that picks me out an outfit, <laughs> I get this blue shirt, like uh, not sky blue, but baby blue. No, is it baby blue? I don't know. Dark blue maybe. And this jacket, like a summery jacket that uh, – well, quite like uh, like something like that looked like Hannibal Lecter wears at the end of Silence of the Lambs when he's going to have someone for dinner like that, except I wasn't wearing the hat. Um, And then they told me uh, I had to get like dark jeans or something for that. So uh, I did it while I was at work. My nephew was with me and he thought it looked cool and the manager thought it looked cool. But when I brought it upstairs, as usual, the girls did not like the outfit, but the boys thought it was fantastic. Uh, so I just call it the regular guy look as usual. But that's what I decided I was going to wear for the show. I always pick out a little, uh, if I may, birthday suit. <laughs> because, you know, I can't be naked. Um, but I always like to wear, you know, last year I wore the sequin jacket. And that I just remember looking in the mirror while I was wearing it the entire night and being like, not never again. I just looked so horrible. I think that was like the first time I said, I got to fix my hair. I don't know, something about that sequin jacket just looked ridiculous. Obviously. So technically, why would I care? But I did. So I got this jacket, and it looked normal. And then on Saturday morning, oh, no, wait, Friday night I went out. Oh, it was smart. I went to the comedy cellar. It's always smart to go before the show, take care of some business, see some people, let people know I exist. So I was great because I got to see Rick Chrome and Mateo, and we got to talk about what we were going to do, and we made some decisions. So it was beautiful. Very smart move. And then, of course, I went to my bar, and I hung out there for a little bit. Oh, and Marina, and T- Marina Franklin and Todd Barry came with me, and we had a couple of drinks. We had a lovely time. So it turned out to be a wonderful night. I got home at a pretty normal hour, I think. I can't remember if I did anything else. I don't think I did. I think I got home at a normal hour, maybe like 1 o'clock in the morning. And, um, you know, I didn't want to drink too much because I wasn't sure if I was singing or not. <clears throat> and um, and then, so I got up the next morning and I knew I had stuff to do and it was like a really shitty day, I think. Saturday was a shitty day. So... I got up early because I wanted to get my uh, jacket tailored by the dry cleaner that I go to, who's also a tailor. And I'm like, you think you can do this by Monday? They're like, sure, we do you no problem. You think we better? You think? Uh, why do Japanese girls taste different than other girls? You think we better? Why do Chinese girls taste different from all other girls? You think we better, huh? That's exactly the way my dry cleaning lady talks. I mean, I'm not kidding. She talks exactly like that, except... You eat too much. You you eat well because you stand your shirts. And that's, that's horrible, but this this she does. I mean, it does sound like her. No, just different. Like Peking duck is different from Russian caviar, but I love them both. Darling, I give you very best duck. 
So anyway, I went. To, <laughs> I can't help myself. You know, I got to play those things. So um, I went to the dry cleaner, and they said they'd have it ready. You know, and I got shirt pressed and everything. You know, I was set. And then I decided I would go to my office. Oh, because I knew I had to go back to Tommy Bahamas to get a pair of dark pants. They also had dark jeans. I'm like, you know what? I'll just go there again because I get a discount there because I technically work there, you know. So I went there, and then I decided, you know what? I'm going to work at my office. I'm going to go in one of the big conference rooms, big, nice, bright conference room. I'm going to practice everything. I'm going to put together the material, the opening, the whole thing, and that's exactly what I did. I was there for like five hours on a day where I didn't need to go in, which you'd think wouldn't it be great to work from home, but I needed a place. So I went there, and it was a really good plan. It was very smart that I did that So uh, because then I felt great. Uh, I came, I that night I I stayed there to about seven thirty and then I met Jessica Pilot for dinner because she was leaving for L A. She goes, let's get dinner. I was like, oh, that's a perfect night for me. You know, I don't want to go crazy. So we went to this really good. She was like, I know a good place for Italian food. It was like a small pizza place. And then her flight got canceled to go to Los Angeles. So I've heard this lately. People's flights just keep getting canceled. They're not delayed. I've never had that problem before. Something was going on in the world. And she was trying to fix it. I'm like, you know what? Um, I can maybe fix that for you. I know a guy who works for the airline. Maybe I can fix it. So I'm texting this guy, and she's still texting, you know, to fix it. I'm like, no, well, just give me a second so I can text it. And I'm talking to this guy, and he's asking me all the details, and I'm getting the details. And she's still like, yeah, oh, I took care of it. I'm like, you just took care of it? You just told me to take a – what the – what's going on here? I was like uh, – it was so annoying because I said, well, let me – Call my friends. Like, she didn't take care of it, but she was still, I don't know. It was, like, frustrating. Like, that she was, I, I reached out to this guy, and he was ready to help. And then, um, I don't know, we got into a big fight. And, um, you know, I just felt she was being a little disrespectful for what I was trying to really help her. And, I, like, a fix. I'm like, hey, I think I can fix your flight for you. How about that? Mm. Sorry, this coffee's delicious. And, um. But then everything calmed down, and we had a delicious meal, and uh, I had the lasagna, and it was perfect. Because, you know, a lot of places, a lot of tiny places don't serve lasagna anymore. And I also wanted garlic bread. I don't know. I just really wanted to go with it. I was in a good mood because I felt like I had done well. We were going to go over the stuff, but I was I was feeling so secure in what I'd come up with that, uh, you know, I was in a really good mood. You know, I was just like, okay, now I'm done for the day, and then I'll continue tomorrow. I'll write it up, and I'll print it out, and everything will be – I'll go back to the office tomorrow. Is that crazy? So thinking about going back to the office tomorrow. So this is – now, if you're ready, folks, for the most degenerate thing you've ever heard, and I might have mentioned it before, but I'm just telling you again, the most degenerate thing you've ever heard for a – addict to how can I put it to um, convince himself that gambling is all for good reasons and yet in my mind this seems like such a smart plan even though I know it's ridiculous I said I can't even believe I'm telling you this because it's so embarrassing but I must because it's too funny I said, I'm going to go to the Meadowlands. I'm going to take my car. I got my car out of the garage on Friday for just such an emergency. <laughs> so it was parked at my house. So I didn't have to worry about going to the garage or anything. And I went to the Meadowlands so I could make a bet on the afternoon's baseball games. And this 
would get me out of the house early so I could do my errands. Now, this did work because so many times I can't get out of that. Ah, you know, whatever. Ah, I don't know. Okay. So this, hey, I had to get there early. I don't want to be there with the degenerates last time. So this is, the, I don't know whether I told you, but this is the second week in a row I've gone to the Meadowlands, the new Meadowlands gaming thing, like where the racetrack is. Uh, and it is, so when I came back from there last week for the first time I've ever been there, I usually go to the racetrack down the shore, which is, which I thought was disgusting, but the Meadowlands one is even more repulsive. And I thought that would be nicer. And it's not so much that it's repulsive or not nice. It's the people. They're disgusting. So when I came back from the first day of being there, I called my friend Joe Messina and I said, Joe, if you ever feel the need to deter anybody you know, and especially your daughter, from gambling, take her to the Meadowlands racetrack that will deter anybody from gambling. The fact that I'm already fin, I'm gone. There's nothing you can do about me. But if you want to deter somebody from starting gambling, take them here. Because I can't even... <sighs> See, now I'm thinking of myself as a little boy. And if my uncle or dad took me to a place like this, I'd probably fantasize it and probably think it's a good idea. Oh, God damn it. You know what? It probably wouldn't work. Because they'd probably enjoy the characters. And that's what you like as a little kid. It was so such a deterrent for me. And yet it's not because I got a problem and I can't get out of it. But I really thought like a kid. But now I'm thinking, you know, they'd probably like it. I mean, there's, there's just characters, right? The kind of characters I hate. Now, I don't keep my gambling a secret. But I don't talk about what I've done because I know no one else cares unless I'm on a gambling sports show. And then I will share with everybody. So I'm behind these degenerate. I think this is what did it. It was the conversation. And I'm waiting online, and these guys going like, yeah, so come around 2 o'clock yesterday. I said, I'm going to bet the Cubs and the Cleveland Indians in a parlay, and there's too much in the parking. I can't get even in the parking lot. There's too much traffic. So I go home. They both win. I would have won. Of course he would have won. He would have won if he didn't bet on it. You know, you're never going to win when you actually bet on it. And that's the funny thing. I know that. Yeah, and I'm still there. So I was like, oh, God, these guys are degenerates. They're talking to other people they don't know about gambling. That's something I don't want to do. I don't feel comfortable. It's not like I'm like, oh, my God, I'm with my people. You know, it's not like that. Like if I started talking to a guy, like I, I don't want to talk about what we're gambling on. I really like to keep it to myself. Not because I'm giving anybody a tip or anything. I'm so embarrassed. It's like masturbating. You know, it's like after you finish, you're just so humiliated with yourself why do i do this you know like after the fact you're like oh i'm disgusting <laughs> i think all men feel that way um it's the same thing it's like why do i do this why do i do this i'm disgusting it's the same principle and then when i leave i'm like oh this is gonna be awesome and then i <laughs> you know you get excited and then as soon as one o'clock rolls around when the games start i get depressed and i'm like oh this was a huge mistake it's, it's really the exact same thing you know, until you win, and then you're like, yes, I'm a genius. And that never happens. But it has happened enough where I think this is a good plan. However, so this time I went, I went really early. Like, I was there by, like, 9.30 in the morning. Maybe even, maybe 10. 
I got there by 10. All I'm thinking about is the first game, September 9th, after Rachel's wedding, how I'm going to go to the tailgate, but first I'm going to go, it opens at 8 o'clock in the morning, first I'm going to go to the sports book, make my bets, and then go to the tailgate, and how am I going to manipulate getting into the parking lot the right way? I've been really trying to figure it out. September 9th is the big test, and the key, if I'm going to bet this way, which is technically better than betting with my bookie where they just give me credit, is getting there at eight or nine in the morning because it's going to get, it's going to be sick. If people, if it was that crowded at noon, two Sundays ago to bet on stupid baseball during football season, it's going to be sick. You would have to get there early. Otherwise you're going to be waiting online for hours and they have a lot of boots open and I couldn't believe it. And this was the summer where nothing's going on. So football season is going to be sick. I can't even imagine, you know, you, people are going to just be hanging out there betting on half times and all that kind of stuff. It's, and meanwhile, I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to be so fun. What's the matter with me? How did this happen? I really think it happened when I was a kid. You know, there is a, a magazine article that I talk about in Maxim Magazine, if you can find it online, where I talk about it. It's called Sucker's Bet from Maxim Magazine. I don't know what date it was, 2000-something, maybe 1999. I don't know where I spoke about how I have a gambling problem and how it all started and how my uh, everyone in my life is a gambler. You know, my, my, my father technically, but he was a pretty good gambler, knew when to stop. My Aunt Judy for sure. My, my grandfather on my mother's side. My grandmother on my father's side. My cousin Billy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm, I'm telling you this like, uh, like I'm... Uh, Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny. Well, my father was a gambler. His father was a gambler. My mother's brother on his side was a gambler. So, um, I don't know. Sharks, rebuilt, trannies. Um, so, I, I didn't have a chance. I mean, you know, they were all teaching us how to gamble, let alone playing the lottery or whatever, which is stupid. But then I remember my cousin Billy would bring over a, a crap. I talk about this in the article. He'd bring over a craps board and we were learning to play craps. And I, and I remember, and I'm telling you, you know, between that and seeing Oscar Madison on TV, you know, not one of the movies where somebody's a degenerate. You don't want to think about that. But just the hilarity of the gambling. So Oscar Madison definitely romanticized it for me. I just thought it was so exciting having a bookie. And I remember when I went to college, that's all I wanted was a guy I could call and make a bet. And when I remember going up to school and there was like a Monticello racetrack, it was on the way. I'm like, oh, I could bet here. I mean, I just, I was seasoned to be this way. There was just no way out. Since I was a little boy, that's all I've ever wanted to do is make bets. I don't even I didn't even know anything about sports. I just wanted to gamble. I, I really feel like I was born with the addiction. Or born into it. I don't know how it works. Anyway, so I think this is a great plan, but the funny thing is it was a great plan. It got me up, it got me out of the house, it got me coffeeed up, I made my bets. I, you know, I got a little drive. It was a nice day. I went back into the city, parked my car, went to my office, and got my job that I needed to do done for three hours or four hours at the office and made it in time for a dinner uh, that I was doing at somebody's house at 4.30. I mean, it worked. You know, it's like it, it got me motivated and, and got me out. 
And I don't know, in the way I am and the way I get depressed and the way I never leave the house on the weekends, I guess it's got to go with whatever works. I'm only betting $75 every week. It's like what I spend for my cleaning lady. I, I bet a $50 parlay and a $25 parlay to, to make up the difference. I, know, I lost both this time, but the last time I won. So I don't know. <sighs> Meanwhile, of course, it costs money in tolls. Uh, I'll probably lose my parking lot because I'm taking the car out so much because it's like I got a deal there because, you know, I can't put that, that garage is $700 a month. And, uh, yeah, I drew them down to uh, what? <laughs> you know, I don't know whether I ever told you this before, but I was talking about the term Jew him down. Uh, and I was living next door, my next door neighbors who were lovely people, but they, they didn't care for Jews and you can't blame them. But they, they were Croatian and, you know, they're brought up to not care, but they didn't have any ill will towards me. They just hate Jews like so many people do. And they, this guy who was a lovely guy for my life. I mean, he was one of my best friends. I just don't talk to him that much anymore, not because of this or anything. He would just, you know, parted ways. Um, would just use, well, I jewed him down. And I'm like, well, how much does that bracelet? He's like, well, I jewed him down like $30 from $40. Like saying it matter-of-factly, like he didn't even know that was a racist term, which was completely fascinating. And I just let it go. I really couldn't care less. But he used to use it all the time. Now I jewed him down. So I say it all the time because I'm thinking of that guy, and it's kind of funny. And, I, you know, I can say it, so it's all right. But it's funny that people think that's an actual term. Yeah, I jewed him down. He didn't even care. He wasn't even being like, oh, sorry, sorry. Like, he he really didn't know. So you can't really be mad at somebody that doesn't know. I, and I know I told you the story before of when we were in college. And we used to call this Filipino kid Tojo, which is the most racist thing you could call anybody who's Asian. We don't even know what he was. We thought he was Filipino, but nobody knew what a Filipino was anyway, so we just called him Tojo. Hey, Tojo. I mean, can you imagine in this day and age, we'd all be expelled. We'd all be expelled. Hey, Tojo, what are you doing? Like, we didn't hate him. Just called him Tojo. I mean, I mean, if I depicted that in a movie about the 80s and just did that, people would be like, see, that was not cool. That's the problem with the millennials. They're so uptight. They're like, no, no, no I'm just quoting the... This is the way it was, you fucking jerk-offs. I didn't make it up. Somebody else did. I never, I don't think I called him Tojo. I, or maybe I did. I don't know. It just seemed like the right thing to do. Everybody else was doing it, I guess. And I, I really, nobody thought anything of it. Until we found out this other kid came to school. And I know I've told this on a long-ago podcast. The podcast has been going on for three years, so I don't mind telling it again. Until we met this other kid, he came to the college, and they became friends. And I don't even know how I heard the story. Maybe the other kid told us, and we, we couldn't believe it. This kid came to school. He liked this other kid. Not, not in that way, just friends. And they were playing tennis together. And he goes, you're served, Tojo. And he's like, uh, listen, um, you know, I, I know we're just becoming friends and everything, but... Um, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't call me that. It was like the only guy he said, I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't call me that. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry. What is your actual name? And he goes, it's Mark. And uh, <laughs> I remember, we didn't even know what his real name was. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I put up a sign. I changed everybody's name on the floors because I had to change mine. There were too many Davids. I have told you this before. So my college name was Merv. I just changed it to Merv. I did it myself. And then, oh boy, if you want to hear a name stick, 
everybody called me Merv for like four years. You know, people, I still sign emails, Merv. They know me as Merv. I changed everybody with a name to an M word, except for this kid we didn't like. We called him Gavin. Everybody was a name. My roommate's name was Max. Because we started doing it, it came from Annie Hall. Well, we can't call each other Max. What do you want to be called? I'm like, eh, call me Merv. We had a Malcolm. Uh, you know, we, uh, what else? Uh, I don't know. But the funny thing is, is that kid's name was Mark, and we called him Tojo. And I put stickers on everybody's door with their names. And I put a big sticker that said Tojo. <laughs> I guess I am an asshole. I don't know. Nobody cared back then. I'm telling, well, apparently he did care, but we didn't know. And maybe we did know, but nobody, you know, well, you were allowed to bully back then. And when Dave Juskow gets a chance to bully, he does it. He takes it. See, when a guy lays down a dare, you have to take it. That's from Cocktail. I told you to keep that punk out of this house. Sorry, you can find me. Jordan, Jordan, are you in there? Yeah, I thought I told you to keep that punk out of this house. I don't know why it's like, I, it's, 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 it's the cocktail movie. Look, I have some money saved up. I have saved money. I've worked out alone with my where, own Where, where, where did I think of this one? I, I, oh, because he says when a guy lays down a dare. Brian, I know you no, no, can. No. I know you can, but really, it doesn't really no, listen, matter. Listen to me. Listen to me. He was on the elevator before. Give me the key. I love it. Yeah, with your lifestyle, what kind of bartender are you going to? Daddy, I love him. Life? You think I'm letting some bartender walk into my family is and destroy right? my daughter's that life? Is her choice. The hell you say? Her choice. The hell what you say? What's going on here? Jordan, I came by here to talk to you. Look, if you don't get out of here, Dad, gun, I'm going to have you I thrown out on your ass. Anyway, what the hell was I talking about? I've I've ruined Christmas. But the point is, ladies and gentlemen, is that I don't know. I mean, it's like it's 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 hell. I'm 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 doing it again this weekend, or you know, we all have done it already this weekend, and. I'm just going to, it. look, if it gets me out of the house, whatever it is, uh, you know what would be good also to get me out of the house? Uh, it would cost money and I could be less with exercising. So maybe I should try that. So that makes this all excuses. Doesn't it then? Doesn't it then? So anyway, I get home. I'm really happy with the show. I'm like, I got to figure it out. So, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you everything in a second. Yeah, I'll tell you everything. So I get a call. So the show is, Sarah Silverman, Gilbert Godfrey, Gary Goldman, and Judy Gold. I get a call about 4 o'clock on Sunday. Gary Goldman's canceling. He's like, Dave, my dog is dying. I, I got to cancel. Now, what did I do? Like three podcasts where my cat was dying and I was miserable and I said I can't take it. And so what a dick a year is where I go to this guy and I'm like, I don't give a shit. I thought I told you to keep that kid out. I, 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 I had no sympathy. I'm sorry. It's a horrible thing. I meant to call him today, actually, and apologize. I just wasn't in the mood, obviously, to hear that somebody was canceling after I just had everything together. But, of course, I understand. Uh, and Gary Goldman's such a lovely guy, so I feel like a bag of shit. Because then he's like, can we still go to brunch sometime? I'm like, I don't want to hear from you. What a dick I am. But I, it just, it, just the wrong timing for me. At least he called the day before. But he was easily replaceable, not in a bad way, but, you know, in two seconds. I was, But I was just trying to figure out, like, oh, okay, you got to be careful. Comics are crazy. Marina was angry at me that I didn't ask her to do it, and I was not going to call her because I know she gets angry if she has second thought. 
And a lot of the comics get very angry if they're second thought. But fortunately, I called up Liz. I'm like, oh, Gary canceled. She goes, you want to use Joe Mackey? And I wanted to use Joe Mackey, but I thought I had already had him open already. But I love Joe Mackey, and I didn't care. And he was right there. And he's like, yeah, I'll do it. I'm he was terrific. So he did it. So Joe Mackey replaced. I mean, as long as Sarah and Gilbert didn't cancel. So it was perfect. So, all right. So, so it Monday, which is my birthday, I'm getting all these ticket requests, all these ticket requests Monday. I'm like, hey, can you get me in? I'm like, no, it's totally sold out. Why are you calling me on Monday? And you call me on my birthday. You tell me to get tickets. Me, but, but I'm doing the best I can for, you know, I want people to go. I want people to be able to go. I can't do anything at this point. It's completely sold out. I'm over my comp list. I'm doing the best I can. I'm, I'm texting all the people that I said, are you coming? You told me you were coming. Are you coming? I was doing it from Saturday to Sunday to Monday. Ashley, our friend Ashley, the, my beautiful friend Ashley, never got back to me. I'm like, are you using the ticket? Are you using the ticket? Never even texted. Maybe something's wrong. Something would have to be wrong because it's weird. I called. I texted. So I took her off the list. The girl from Fox News, Jennifer Eckhart. I just was like, are you coming? Are you coming? And and then finally on Monday, she's like, I'm so sorry. I had a family th- thing and I'm not coming. So thank God she told me because I was getting really angry. But she seems like a nice girl. So thank God she told me. Uh, my friend Dave Elliott down the shore, he was supposed to come. He wasn't coming. I had a feeling in my mind. Dave Bryan from Bon Jovi was supposed to come. He couldn't make it. This is all fine because I was able to give away these tickets and then tell people, look, I got some room. I got some room. Everything's cool. So it's good. You know, as long as we can use the tickets. The hottest girl in high school was supposed to come. She didn't get that. And I said, Jesus, if you don't come, that's why people bought a lot of tickets. They wanted to see uh, They wanted to see how he turned out. Uh, <laughs> um, but I was able to use her to. She never canceled her reservation. So then I was able to get Joe and his daughter in whose flight got canceled to Orlando. That's all they do is canceling flights. He's like, hey, my flight got canceled, so can I come to the show? And I'm like, what are you, are you kidding? You're telling me now? He was like angry at me. He's like, I thought I told you to keep this kid out of here. No, he wasn't. He understood, but it was like, I was like, you got to be kidding. And then this happened at 4 o'clock, and I'm like, can he still get here? And him and his daughter came. It was great. Unfortunately, they all had to sit with people from my office. They had to sit with Dory, uh, who, you know, on this podcast is an absolute delight. But um, I've been asked to never sit her with fun people again because she is Buzzy McBuzzkill. Uh, (laughs) Like, Joe's kid was like, I want to be friends with her. I want to get her out of her shell. Uh, And, uh, you know, she was trying so hard. And you just get nothing. You just get nothing. It's horrible. It's, 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 uh... oh, it's such a bummer. It's uh, ugh. it's it's really uh, a bummer because you just want her to be the way she is in the podcast, and um, she just I don't know what it is. She's a delightful person, but yeah, she just brings everybody down. Her default face is making it look like she doesn't have a good time. Not bring everybody down, you know, but we just wanted to be happy and make. I guess we all wanted to look happy, and the funny thing is, I think she was having a great time. She had a great time. But it's 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 her facial expression that I think you know it's just like she's having a miserable time. I, I think we got to do something to cheer her up, you know. Like, so I don't know her and my nephew came. I think he liked it. I I, I can't tell. 
You know, everybody had to go. But I haven't really talked to them yet. I'll find out. Well, I know why she wanted to come because I practiced my material on her the day before and she was laughing so hard that even my sister was like, what are you laughing at? She's like, Uncle David. She's like, really? That doesn't sound right. So, because um, they were all at the beach. So my sister didn't come or anything. But she really wanted to come and I was glad I talked to her. I think that made me feel better talking to her. She really liked uh, the material. So uh, I couldn't have been happier. And uh, so so this is the way it worked. Uh, I, uh, Rick Chrome came up. I'm going to play it all for you. Rick Chrome came up, uh, opened the show. I, I did a couple of edits just to make it a little smoother. And uh, came up, warmed up the audience. He was terrific. Did some uh, Dave Jessica roasting. Fine. Then I come up. And we banter with the, you know, the four or five jokes that I had, doing the best I can with, you know, uh, my horrible material, but took the best. And, you know, because I had Rick, it just seemed like we were just talking. So people even said, they're like, oh, we like the banter between you two. So I'm like, great, because maybe it looked like it was made up, you know, (laughs) so perfect. Um, And then, so then we did the HQ trivia. Now, I asked this girl, and let me tell you the story first. Oh, no, no, I'll tell you. I'll play it, and then I'll tell you later. So anyway, I asked this girl, Keanu Thompson, from the podcast This Week in Sex, to uh, be a con- the contestant that's going to answer the questions. That Scott Rogowski, couldn't even believe he was there, was going to ask Dave Juskow birthday trivia. And the whole, which I told you last week, the whole thing is just to make me look gay. You know, and I'm trying to defend it. And I, I don't know why I find that funny I, because I know everybody else does, so it doesn't matter. I don't, you know, the people that aren't there, they're, they're probably just like, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> you know, the people that don't know me. But I really think everybody liked it. I mean, I don't think anybody had a bad time at the show. I mean, they definitely felt they got their money's worth. So here's the part. And maybe I'll, I'll chime in in the middle um, where we get to uh, all the way to Sarah, who was our first guest. So uh, I'm just going to play it. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Rick Crumb. Thank you very much, everybody. Welcome, welcome. I thought we were doing the big comedy seller intro, but no, this is good enough. How are you, everybody? Give yourself a round of applause. We're coming here. Hello there. For those of you who don't know me, I know you're saying, my God, look how old this guy is. Fantastic. Well, I've known Dave a long time. I'm Sam. I am, I am, I am looking a little older today. Not, not like a cool old, not like a Bernie Sanders old. I can't wait to be that. That's a cool. How old am I? I will tell you how old I am. When I went to school, we didn't have history. We just called it now. That is a, how old am I? Right after the Big Bang, I said, "What the fuck was that?" Well, because that that does happen occasionally. So uh, we're going to be. Oh, it's going to be a fabulous show. We're going to have some special guests and all that stuff. Uh, a little bit about Dave. I just want to, because uh, I know that a lot of people don't know about him. Um, you know, because uh, when you ask, you examine a life such as Dave Juskowitz, you have to ask a, a few questions. First of all, who is he? Uh, uh, how, how, uh, where did he come from? Um, how could this happen? <laughs> so, on a hot summer's day, uh, Dave was born to the lilting strains of his mother's voice uh, singing, uh, Get it out of me, I think it's barking. <laughs> Great, needed. Dave greeted the world with a healthy cry. This would not be the last time Dave would be found crying between a woman's legs. I don't find any of this funny. 
<laughs> as a child, Dave was described as precocious, frequently leading his classmates in a game he called, let's see if my penis will fit in here. <laughs> in high school, Dave seemed to have it all, charm, charisma, mono, crabs, and hepatitis. <laughs> now, most comedians, of course, begin as a class clown. Uh, Dave began as the, did he did the audience warm-up for the class clown. <laughs> Nevertheless, <laughs> Nevertheless, Dave left school focused like a laser beam on one glorious goal to become a professional stand-up comedian. A goal he holds to this day. <laughs> and tonight we'll see that Dave is well-loved in the community. He's, uh, he's always kind. He's never braggadocious. Uh, uh, perhaps the term I'm, I'm searching for is uh, self-loathing Jew. <laughs> I once asked Dave if he'd ever read Mein Kampf. He said, no, but I've heard good things. So, you know... <laughs> Dave has problems, is what I'm saying. But you're all in a wonderful mood. Are you ready to have a fabulous show? Well, then, let's get things started and bring to the stage the birthday boy, Mr. Dave Jeskauer. I can't understand it, why you always hurt me Even though I do the things for you I buy you champagne and roses and diamonds on your fingers But then you stay up all night, what am I to do? I just want to No, that's exactly the way to open a show. The comedy show. We're coming on here with the Eddie Murphy thing. And what? Eddie Murphy's a singing icon. What? What do you know him from? <laughs> I think I saw him in a couple of movies here and there. Well, I've never seen those before, well, so today, I don't know. It's your special day. It's your spe it's a yes, day it is. I can't believe it. Hello, everybody. Thank you for coming. A light would be nice. <laughs> You know, it's been a lot. You, you um, what have you been up to? People want to know. Oh, are you yelling at to? the tech guy? Oh, I'm <laughs> I just realized that. I'm like, I don't remember that in the script. A light would be nice. A light would be Do you nice. smoke? You were saying? I was saying. Hello, everybody. Everybody's here to, to <laughs> say hi. Excited today. to see everybody. Oh, we've not seen you for a while. What have you been up to? This is what people want to know. You know what, Rick? I'm glad you asked. I, uh, you know, I'm up to a couple of things. I uh, just did that uh, 23 and Me oh, the, thing, the, the ancestry. Uh, the ancestry. Kind no, of the thing. ancestry. You <laughs> son of a. Um, yeah, and I. Uh, so what did you find out? Well, I sent in a photo with my money, and they sent it back, and they say, "Save your money. You're Jewish." So. <laughs> that's not. That's not. A full no, it's not. So then I sent it back with the saliva sample and uh -huh. the money, and uh, they sent it back with the, the full forms. Oh, yeah? Well, what did they find? They said I'm 101% Jewish. It's oh, weird because that's not even a thing. I'm going to give you your foreskin back or something. I... <laughs> or my old 80s nose. But you know... But, uh, it's all right, so you're a proud Jew. What's the... I didn't say I'm a proud Jew. I'm a Jew. And you know... <laughs> So, yeah, well, that's why, you know, I had to start going on J-Date. It's yeah. the only place they'll have me. 
Um, that's a dating service for Jewish people. Yes, apparently that's what the J stands for. J stands for, okay. Not the brightest of guys. I, I don't know that because I'm, I'm an English and, right, uh, of course, and yes. uh, a Nazi. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I went on J-Date, and I actually, uh, it didn't work out well. I ended up getting hooked up with my mother, because she was also, no, no, it's my fault, happen? because my dating range is 26 to 86, and I need to, I need yeah, you to. You need to narrow that down. Yeah, I gotta narrow it you, down, uh, so that's the thing. Did she put out on the... Well, no, <laughs> the second date was like that, but it's like, no, it's like, no, what, no, yes, you're right, let's get off this. this is All right, let's get off. Well, the world is a very different since the last time we saw you. What do you think, what do you think of Mr. Trump? Oh, he's terrific. I mean, he's like, what? Oh, sorry, I just got back from Charlottesville. That's why I was, it's in my head. Um, no, what? No, Trump, whatever, right? He's not my favorite president. He's nobody's favorite president. I don't think he'll ever be anybody's favorite president. My favorite president is FDR. FDR? Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Yes. Do you know why? Why is that, Dave? Because he is in the musical Annie. Oh, that's true. There isn't a president that's in a musical... And he's in, yeah, The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow, and he does a reprise version. Yeah, yeah, right. He's like, well, I'm stuck with a day that's gray and lonely. Well, Bugs, join in. You know, uh, nobody? Well, when I was a kid, well, why would you? Um, you know, nobody likes the song Tomorrow anymore because it's overdone, tomorrow. but not that version. Not that version. Right, well, I'm stuck with a day. Come on. Let's go. I'm nobody does the Roosevelt no, version. No, they don't. And I've been doing it for years. And uh, the thing is, when I was a kid... Um, I started to really get into it where I w- wanted to learn about Roosevelt, you know, and like learn more. So when my parents would punish me and they say I couldn't watch Welcome Back, Cotter, I would say, well, I've got a new deal for you. How about this? How about I watch Welcome Back, Cotter, and I explain to you Manifest Destination? And um, they bought me a wheelchair because they thought I was doing really good and I was able to go around and have a little cigarette thing and just go around the neighborhood like that. It was a little monocle, too. It was nice. That was a good movie, though. The, the Annie movie. Did you see the Annie? That was a horrible movie. <laughs> well, well you, you do some movie work, don't well, you? Well, I don't like Every to brag part. about it, Rick. Thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> yes, I am actually up for. Uh, well, I, I'm not supposed to talk about it, but it's like a new Marvel movie. A Marvel movie. That's yeah, it's the event, the next Avengers movie. I have a chance. I have a chance. It's just, you know whatever. Oh, but I know exciting. one of the writers, and I'm going to play a new superhero that has never been a new superhero. What, what, it was special powers. Yes, my special power is that when they need to rile Bruce Banner up to become the Hulk, I come in and I'm so annoying that I just really <laughs> save the day by kind of, you know, he never wants to be the Hulk. So I'm like, how are you? And then I come in and, you know, I'm kind of like the best hero ever. Wow. And I don't even have to audition. They say, I already have the part and everything. It's like amazing. I won't even have to act. <laughs> so it's amazing. Some people say I'm a drama queen, but I don't think I am a drama queen. I don't know why they would say that. Why would people call me a drama queen? Okay? I'm just going to say that. Could be the nail polish. Yeah. But How dare you? <laughs> well, that, that's, that's all wonderful things that are going on. But, and we have a wonderful celebration here tonight, Dave. I know. For what do you, you have, Tourette's? What's the matter with you? I, 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 are you doing your Bernie Sanders? I'm doing Aunt Clara from Bewitched. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God there's three of us that get that. <laughs> because expect more of those gags for the rest of the night. So uh, anybody who's under 50 is really not going to have a great time. Yeah. Uh, That's right. They rarely do. Well, anyway. There's Star Wars references, but from the 77 version. Okay. But to celebrate your life, we're going to play a little game right at the <gasps> It's time, ladies oh and gentlemen, God. for Dave Juskow Trivia. Oh. That's right. We're going to have 
trivia questions about Dave Juskow. And to answer these questions, we have asked a lovely lady. You met Dave while doing her podcast, This Week in Sex. She is someone that has a vibe on what makes you Dave. Please welcome Keanu Thompson, everybody. Yes, hello, Dave. Some volume would be nice. Hello, Dave. Yay. You're really letting him have it. But well, this is exciting. What's going to happen? I Let them no calm idea. down first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. People just come up. They're confused. <laughs> Are you Wonder Woman? Oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> no. So we're going to ask questions. Is yes. that it? And I you think suppose. she knows me well enough? Like, we've only met a couple of well, times. Well, yes. I did you your podcast. I believe that we could, we could, I know you just well enough to answer these questions. Well, yes. we'll right. see that because right. you've got to be asked by a, mas- a master question asker. Oh. Very excited. That's right. Bring to ask on. these questions, ladies and gentlemen, the HQ quiz kid, the captain of quiz, the quiz master general, quiz daddy himself, Scott Rogowski. Hello. Who's there? The Hello. quiz daddy himself. How do they afford this guy? <laughs> wow. I am so thrilled to be here. I wouldn't miss this for the world. Dave is one of my oldest friends. <laughs> we met uh, 23 minutes ago. What? And I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. But I, I, I am thrilled to be here because I like being in front of people instead of in front of a camera with no one else in the room. <laughs> yeah, we always it's wonder how that works. In a room with a camera. It is, right? Yeah, and there's a dog. The dog's cute. Aww. <laughs> but yes, no, I am here to uh, get the show on the road. What do All you right. say? Yeah, no, let's do it. That's you want to get down to the nitty gritty? I'm very excited. excited. With some Dave Jessica trivia? Keanu is going to answer the questions. Is that Keanu is going to answer the questions about you. I'm All the authority right. on you, Dave, so let's so go. So you say. All right, oh, so that's right. This. So we have, okay. Cumero, numero uno. Oh. In the 1994 film Clueless, Dave Juskow was attracted to which character? <laughs> Cher Horowitz, Dion, or Elton? I'm going to have to go with Elton. Of course it was Elton! Jeremy <laughs> sure, okay. Right, right, hilarious. But his dad could get you into any concert, so that is not a bad person to be attracted to. How Sisto do you go? Yeah. Just got, I like that reference. <laughs> All right. One down. He is a handsome fellow. Yes. Cumero numero tumero. In 1977, which of these titles inspired Dave Jeskow the most? Star Wars, Charlie's Angels, or a chorus line? Hands down, a chorus line. Uh, <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Oh. All right. Very funny. I see what you guys are doing. Yes, yes. Ha, ha. I get it. Real mature. <laughs> but that show was amazing, and it was an original thing for Broadway, and nobody's seen the likes of it since. But it didn't really influence me that much. <laughs> Learning a lot about Dave tonight for Q3. What was the most hilarious part of Dave Jeskow's performance on the TV series Crashing? Uh, was it his acting, his improvisation, or his boobies? Uh-oh. Was. Gonna have to go with boobies. Of course. <laughs> well, Boobalama ding dong. Yeah, yeah, baby. Really great. It's water weight. I'm trying boobies. to work on it. Not everybody's just built like Scott. <laughs> Get a load of this, Dave. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all pecs. You got going on there. Uh, uh, They're having a moment. Uh, oh, my. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got it. <laughs> 
going very strange. Show me on this doll where Dave touched you. <laughs> In the movie Justice League, which of the attributes of the actor portraying Aquaman has Dave Duskow consistently raved about? Was it his hair, his physique, or his eyes? It's a tough one. His physique? No, it is not. Incorrect. Dave Duskow has consistently raved about his eyes. Yes, because yeah, because they're piercing blue. Nobody has eyes like that. They're amazing. I hate all of you. It's okay, Dave. The eyes have it. And the final... You're, and you're all like, oh, no, I don't know what his eyes are like. All right, you know what? I am a drama queen. Okay, enough fanfic. I really have to go. Like, right. so. We've got to do HQ. Yeah, go. Nobody's watching the 9 o'clock thing tonight here. That's no right. offense. Sorry. All right. Well, the, this is the same answer. This is actually Q12 tonight, so I can't oh. believe it. The final question. David Juskow is blank. Is he gay? Is he really gay? Or is Dave Jessica? Oh my God, come out already. All right, enough. Thank you very much. All right, come out. Hey! He had a Scott, thank you guys so much. Oh my God. Oh, how about that, everybody? A quiz show in the middle of the thing. Well, he's a tall fellow. He's a, yeah, what a he, polite young man. He's very tall. You'd have to go up on him. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, because it turns out, you know, why does everybody think I'm gay? I don't even understand that. I'm not, you know, why, why do I get that rap all the time? Just because, you know, you're single, and you live with a cat, and you like show tunes, and I don't understand. Why does that lead to that? I don't know. Could be the butt plug. <laughs> right. Well, that's all right. <laughs> But Dave, do you know what time it is? No, I have no it's idea. It's time to bring on our first mystery guest. Oh, a mystery guest. Dave doesn't know who's here. And I have no idea. That's right. We've got special guests here just for Dave. And uh, let's see if you can guess who this is by the introduction, okay? Okay. All right. Our first guest tonight says you got angry at her the first time you met because she interrupted your high score while you were playing Pac-Man. Yes, that is true. But I get angry at a lot of people for stuff like that. So it really could be anybody. Well, shall I tell you who it is? Please. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Sarah Summerman. Thank <laughs> you. 
just go as blank? <laughs> and the answers are either gay or really gay. birthday, David Juskow. I, I, many of you here probably know him and love him. Uh, even more of you have never heard of him. We'll never hear of him again. When I was walking here, I thought of a funny Dave story. Oh, uh, you know, there was a time, not as much anymore, because we're getting a little older and uh, antidepressants kind of numb your genitals, but <laughs> he would call me. He lives here, and now I live in Los Angeles, and he would call me uh, um, right before he was, like if a girl was over, and say she went to the bathroom and things were looking. So Dave, I would get calls from Dave, and I'd pick up and say hello, and I would just hear, it's definitely going to happen. She's in the bathroom right now. And, uh, it's looking pretty good. Oh, but Edgar. Well, there it is. I played the whole thing, you know, for the beginning. Uh, because, I don't know, I thought you'd want to hear it. Uh, as you can see, the crowd hates me. They love everyone else. Uh, no, I don't know. You know, it is what it is. I know how it is. I've told you before I stink. I'm not trying to say that uh, I'm good or anything, but I'm going to try and work on it anyway. But that's why I had other people come on so that nobody could say, wow, what was up with that show? And uh, Sarah pretty much had that same pattern to her the entire evening. She wasn't prepared at all. She didn't have anything. But it doesn't matter because she is beloved. People get excited to see her. So they just love her doing anything. Reading from a script, reading, picking up cards. Off the, they don't care. And it was great that she was there. And she looked so pretty. And I was really happy she was there. And then she stayed the whole night, which, of course, is funny because she was, like, begging me to put her on first. Then she was surprised that I bought her up first, and then she stayed the whole night. She's like, well, I'll only do it if I can go on first. <laughs> I mean, these comics, I tell you, they're horrible human beings. So let me just, uh, no, I'll tell you that later. So um, let's just get to the uh, other part. This is the part two. Sarah comes off. Gilbert comes on. I'm done now, David. I'm done. Oh, and how great is it that Rick had the piano with him? That's what we decided on Friday night. Like, let's give Rick the piano because he's so good. And how much do I love that? Oh, that's what this scene is. So here's the thing. Rick Chrome is great. And by the way, he's got a documentary out. It's not out for everybody to see yet, but when you get a chance, uh, it's called Oh, Rick. It's amazing. You don't understand this guy, Rick. And, and, and you know, Rick always does the readings at the cellar for us. He's the narrator all the time, so you probably recognize his voice if you listen to the show. And he's got a documentary because he was the house MC. He kind of started a lot of people's careers at the cellar. He was the house MC. He was kind of the shit when we were all starting out. And there's this documentary with everybody coming back to praise him and talking like Sarah's on it, Ray Romano's on it, John Stewart's on it. I mean, it's amazing. All praising Rick. And I mean, how great is it for me? He's a show tune guy. He's been in a couple of Broadway shows. I actually saw him in The Goodbye Girl with Martin Short that he was in. He's also written a lot of Broadway stuff. He's obviously a great piano player. 
So he has this song that I really like. I saw him do it on Pop, Tom Papa's show, so I asked him to do it uh, this time, and I, I really hope you like it. I hope it comes across, because I, I really think it's terrific. Sarah Silverman, everybody! I think that's how you actually kick off a show. That's how you kick off yeah. a show. That's she's great. Good. She's a lovely, she's a lovely Jewish girl. She is. She makes she's, you think. Yeah, she I makes you really think. She, yes. You know, Thank you should you, you should be dating somebody like that. That oh. is a wonderful person for well, me. Well, like, do you have somebody in your life? I have a lady in my life. You do? Like, her name is the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> the lives of 258 crew members live and die in the balance of my every decision. And that gets me laid all the time. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> Rick, there's an Enterprise thing. That's what I was looking Yeah, for. I don't know what the hell that is. But you know, Rick, <laughs> this is this, journey this is a bad me. time to say that I want you to play the piano when I have no idea what the hell you're doing. Um, <laughs> Neither do I. Rick, I appreciate you putting this whole thing together for me. Just play along. And, um, <laughs> it was my pleasure to read the cue cards you wrote for me. <laughs> but no, uh, the one thing that I... Um, Rick is a, a master showman, and he so. writes his own... So in fact, you wrote the, the musical, right? Musical, yes. the off-Broadway that's been going on how many years? Uh, they're in their ninth year now. Ninth year, musical. Musical. He wrote the whole thing, still running today. We like each other because we're show tune guys. Show tune guys. <laughs> and you have one of my favorite songs. It's uplifting. It's inspirational. Oh, I know the one you mean. And I was hoping perhaps you could uh, play it for us this evening. For your birthday, I certainly will. I would appreciate that All very right. much. Rick home, everybody. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> You'll ride this volume, won't you? Because I can't tell the balance. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Start your recorders. Thank you. When descending from the deep When at last your heart awakens From its world weary sleep How you celebrate serenity In this place you've never been And you gaze in endless wonder At this magic place you're in Where are you? When you've lost your doubts and fears Where are you? When your sadness disappears You're in denial Complete denial When you turn pathetic circumstance to glory You're in denial Yes, deep denial When your life's a wreck but you feel hunky-dory When you're singing karaoke And imagine you're on key When you're just an alcoholic But you say it's ADD is how an angel sounds if you dress yourself in spandex and you'll weigh 300 pounds where are you when your life's a horror show where are you if you think that we don't know you're in denial complete denial like when Tyler Perry thinks he's being witty you're in denial yes deep denial Sarah Sanders says, I'm kind of pretty. If you've had hair transplants, please don't think we're fooled. Because your scalp 
looks like three rows of dying trees. Or if you've had a facelift, your eyes so tightly pulled, do you think we think you're turning Japanese? If you move to a bigger trailer, do you think you're well-to-do? Do you think that married man you date will leave his wife for you? Do you dine on fat-free ice cream and expect that you'll lose weight? If your son loves RuPaul's Drag Race, do you really think he's straight? Where are you when there isn't any strife? Where are you when you've learned to love your life? Sing with me now, you're in denial. Sing, you're in denial. It's a redford world, but that's not how you view it. Sing, you're in denial. Yes, deep denial. Probably think the Cosby didn't do it. You're in denial, complete denial. When you turn pathetic circumstance to glory, you're in denial, hip high denial. When your life's a wreck, that song. Uh, thank you, Bobby. I'm going to do a little denial myself, I guess. Well, yeah. <laughs> it works out. Maybe. Well, Maybe. it's funny when somebody picks up that card and they don't know what it's from and they're just like, Dave Juskow is blank. What? <laughs> well, Dave, we've got plenty more shows. Well, I hope so. Plenty more surprises. Because us just standing here is not good. No. Well, so, well, hopefully have something else planned. Yes, we do. Next on the list for the birthday spectacular is a man... You attended Abe Vigoda's funeral with. That could be anybody. Well, well, well thank you. Could it be? It's, Is it Abe Vigoda? It's not Abe Vigoda. Mm. Right. I don't know. How many people were at Abe Vigoda's funeral anyway? Three. All right. You, <laughs> Abe, and this next guy. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. Welcome this side, uh, the funniest man this side of Judaism. <laughs> but that's what he wrote here. I didn't say it. Oh, now put your hands together for Gilbert Gottfried! <laughs>
Well, unfortunately, that's all we can play because, uh, you know, it's not fair to play the comics material. I usually just only play it when they're doing my shows and doing the warm-up, but it's uh, rude to play their material. It drains the material, and that's just the written rule. You know, unless they want it on where they're doing a TV special and stuff. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, I don't have to tell you. I know it's kind of a bummer because you're only hearing me. and uh, But I'm just trying to... I mean, listen. It's my podcast. I can do whatever I want. It still sounds like a festive time. It's almost like you were there. Anyway, this I can play the entire thing because it doesn't matter. Now, after this, I had Matteo come on and we decided he was going to play Liza Minnelli. And I was going to have him on this podcast and do this because, oh my God, he's so funny doing Liza it's amazing. So we just interview him and do some stuff, and then, you know, he sings a little bit, and it's just, uh, I don't know, it was so, f- he's so good at this imitation. And it's like one of those things, like, if you don't even know who Liza Minnelli is, the imitation's funny anyway, and that's what makes it so good. It's just a, you know, if you don't know who Liza is, if you're, you know, a kid or something, it's just a funny imitation, you know, because it's just a drunken actress, so like in like a you know, uh, Sunset Boulevard kind of thing going on. So it's, it's really funny, and if you know who Liza is, it's extra funny. Everybody, Gilbert Godfrey. Wow. Oh, you son of a bitch. Oh, you. He's my favorite. He is. That was okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm never going to have another hot dog at your house. (laughs) None of that stuff is real, you know. I think he just used me as a comedic tool. (laughs) Wait, that came out the wrong way. Went in the wrong way. Shut up. I would. What do you no, know? it went in the wrong way. <laughs> well, well, folks, we have... Uh, uh, everybody's having a good time, right? Everybody's having a good time. <laughs> I feel like they get disappointed when we come back on stage. I don't know. Well, that's, that's understandable. That's normal. Still, that's normal. Yeah, we've got... We got a, 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 well, you know, we, what? I'm very excited for this <laughs> next segment because I'm a big fan of this next guest. Oh. Even probably more than you are. But, How could that be? Well, I don't know. But, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, would you please welcome to the stage our, uh, our good friend, Liza Minnelli. What? Liza Minnelli. Oh, thank you, sister. I'm so excited wow. to be here. <laughs> it's I really good to be in love. I just want to say something fun. <laughs> I love Dave, really. We just have laughed for so long. This is an honor. Thank you so much. You know, people always said that about my mother, because she was so funny. People don't know that about Mama, but she really was funny. I remember the first thing she said to me. She said, Liza, call an ambulance. He even got the material. I remember that about her too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the whole really? family. Oh, you're such a delight. Oh, you thank know? you. You're a national treasure. You're a national treasure. Oh, her whole well. family, the Judy girls. Yes. Yeah, your the whole family. family. I love your family stories. Oh, but my family's. My father was Vincent Minnelli. Oh, wow. yeah. a director for MGM Studios. <laughs> 
I remember one morning I woke up and it was snowing. And it didn't snow those days. I sort of went outside and it was the water frozen. And so I thought, well, I, I want to skate because I wanted to be a skater until I saw Bye Bye Party. And so I went out and started to skate on the ice and it was kind of mushy. And I said, Daddy, the ice is mushy. And he said, that's not ice. That's your sister, Lorna. Yeah, she's, she's a big girl. She's a I big hate girl. my sister. <laughs> oh, well, listen, I mean, this is, this is kind of a miracle that you've come down, right? And, and done this. I know that a lot of times you're disappointed because people think that you're a little off these days, maybe. Well, you're I not on my, top of your game. I have my knee replaced. So I was lying around not doing anything. So I, I started to work with clay because I'd broken my knee. I busted my knees. I was upside down in the hospital recording an album. Well, your stories are fascinating. And I know that you've always you've missed out on a couple of movies. You've told me that you were upset. And I have some scripts if you'd like to give it a try and give kind of your take on it. Oh, well, that would be so much fun. <laughs> I really... What movies did you pass on? Well, I, I'll be honest with you. I passed on The Terminator. Why? Well, my agent called and said they're looking for someone robotic. <laughs> and I've had so many knee surgeries. And, you know, they say I'm the Tin Man from the waist down and Judy's kid from the waist up. <laughs> But I showed up and thought I might have been out of my league. Mm, I see, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, let's just get to this. So, yes. Uh, this, is from, this is from the movie Titanic. Oh, Titanic. Because I, I really Titanic. think you would have made an unbelievable Rose. Well, I asked to audition for Rose, and they said you could play the boat. <laughs> but I can't oh. swim because of my knee. <laughs> That damn knee, it's been torture. It really has f fucked up my life. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, so let's see, I'll play Jack. You'll be playing Rose. Oh, uh, sounds like a lot of Sure, fun. I'll play the Leonardo DiCaprio role. Yes. Makes sense. Uh, <laughs> and you are, you're Liza. You're the best. Oh, this is the scene where they're uh, just on the boat and they meet a little and she's getting giddy about meeting such a maverick of a man. Why can't I be like you, Jack? Just head out on the horizon. <laughs> Say we'll go there sometime, to that pier, even if we only just talk about it. All right, we're going. We'll drink cheap beer and go on the roller coaster until we throw up. And we'll ride horses on the beach, right in the surf. But you have to ride like a cowboy, none of that side saddle stuff. Me one of one leggy side. That's scandalous. But can you show me? Sure, if you like. I think I would. I want you to teach me how to spit. I want to spit like a man. Yeah, maybe maybe this script wasn't for you. It's funny how your leg and knee came up again, ironically. You know. 
I had my knee replaced. <laughs> well, thank you. I also know, yes, well, Wanted to sing a song for us today. You yes, I was. I, 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 I don't know. I always said I don't really speak well, so I always thought there were songs that I could say what I was feeling, what I was thinking. So I decided I would sing this song. Now, yeah, because you have the best build-up of stories to actually sing a song. And well, I guess we're getting that now. Which, yes. How long will that go? Well, about seven hours. <laughs> it's the usual. But I just do some coke and the stories go. <laughs> but every time I sing a song, I have a character book. And I just, I have that book so I can read my lines and feel that character and really know what I'm doing. I should be at Carnegie Hall right now. <laughs> Well, why don't we try this song? I would love to sing a song. I wrote this song with Billy Stretch. Girl, I can't understand it why you want to hurt me after all I've done for you. I buy champagne and roses Put diamonds on your finger And still you hang out all night What am I to do? Wait a minute, I know this song It goes like, oh, that's right Party all the time, party all the time, party all the time. My girl likes to party all the time, party all the time. Thank you so much. I can't believe I got to drink a Wow, yes. Mateo Lane, everybody, yeah. Get to sing a duet with Liza. That is a definite gay match. I mean, uh, my uh, the show. But uh, well, that was fun. The tag was the best. What? She was wonderful. I think he really is having a stroke, folks. No, I'm not having a stroke. I'm just talking about. I just looking back some jokes we missed. (laughs) Francis, Dave, do you remember the first time you had sex? Oh, because I'm old. Um, yeah. yeah, well, actually, no, I don't remember the first time I had sex, but I do remember the first time I used baby wipes, and that was a life changer. That's all I got. That's all right. Do we move to our next guest, or... or uh, yeah, let's talk? just get to the, the pudding. Let's just get to the pudding. When, you know, See what home. I always tell the girls is... The, Blue pill you can take will just, you wake up on your own bed. But you take the red pill, and then you'll see how far the rabbit goes down your vagina. So, see, folks, yes, boo. Well, I'm not Bill Cosby, you know. I'm just, 
And so that, so that was the reaction we had. I hate Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh, there it is. Sorry. You seem upset. Where's Waldo, everybody? I just want to... No, I'm just kidding. I'm, my, I'm making fun of the shirt. Well, Dave, let's move the show along. Yes, let's Shall move we? the show along. We're well, horrible. Well, I asked our next performer to say something of, uh, about how you met. She, ah. she only answered with, uh, and I quote now, I always thought he was a cunt. Well, again, that could be anybody. Well, of course it could, but it's not anybody. It's the one, the only, the legendary Judy Go. Anyway, is it comedy? What's going on here? Are you confused or? Oh, okay, great. Anyway, um, happy birthday, Dave. Id. Wow, it's great to be here. Um, I really feel I'm. I feel like I have camel toe on these jeans. I'm not kidding. No. Do I? But my girlfriend, you know what Elisa, my girlfriend, calls it rabbit foot. I'm like, it's not rabbit foot, Elisa. It's not that you have good luck if your pants are too tight, okay? It's camel toe, because it looks like a camel's toe. You know what I mean? So I was talking to Amorosa the other day, and we're like best friends, right? Well, I that isn't that funny, that Mateo thing? It, it was cracking me up. While I was there, clearly, and then just cracking me up while I was sitting here listening to it. I mean, it really is funny. He's so funny, and he has, you know, the material to go along with it, which is just so funny. I love that part. Well, I hope you're having a good time listening to it. We just have the ending, and we don't really have to do it, but um, well, you don't really have to listen if you don't like it, I guess. I'm just playing it because I thought you'd like it for, like I said, I mean, I know it's not where you're not doing the real comics material, but... I don't know, you know, what else is there to do? It's a birthday show, it's the end of the summer, we're just having a good time, and uh, let's play the last part. What the fuck is the matter with you? All right, I gotta go. Happy birthday. Thank you, Rick, for your beautiful time. I love you, Henry Bennett. Judy Gold, everybody! Judy Gold! I'd be mortified if my mother was up here making fun of me right now. <laughs> well, yeah. They're used Is to she it. Is she still alive? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a matter of time. <laughs> Most people go like, yeah. Well, <laughs> my niece is here. Dory, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's just, it's just time. It's just time. <laughs> Don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. She's, she's not a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, one time I went to see... Uh, Joan Rivers, like, uh, I don't know, you know, well, she was alive, obviously. Well, yeah. Right, so she was about 75, and uh, she was so funny, and I went home to my mom, I'm like, how, you're the same age, how come you're not that funny? You suck. Did the same thing with Barry Manilow, too. Oh, I shouldn't have told people I went to see, oh, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> Shit. Getting it all backwards. Well, we have a little more show. One, a little, yeah, a little more show. A little more show. show. One, One more, more time. I don't know why she said it was One more person. about. 
Do you know Judy? I didn't know she was a lesbian. This is shocking news. We found out so much stuff tonight, so it's weird. This is great. It's exciting. Well, Who's next? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. Here's another surprise guest. Now this ah. is. Uh, he's known oh, around here yeah. as no, as one of the nicest people. Oh. Uh, one of the nicest people who hangs around here. However, you call him a big phony. Again, that could be anybody. <laughs> so that is what I do. That well, is why you have never heard of me before. <laughs> and I can't believe Judy broke the fourth wall with the light. Did he see behind the curtain? That's horrible. Now everybody knows about the light. <laughs> we all know about the light. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. But are you ready, ladies and gentlemen, for your final comedian for the evening? I'm ready. Put your hands together and welcome Mr. Joe Machi. Hello, everybody. I'm not. I'm not a phony. You know, we all say stuff about each other behind behind their backs. You know what? Uh, recently, an acquaintance uh, told me that another acquaintance was saying some negative things about me behind my back and. Well, that, that's what I said. Well, you know what? They're probably just having a, a bad day. <laughs> because whenever someone says something negative about you behind their back, the, the best way to make them look like a dick is to say something really nice about them. <laughs> it's just, that's just... That's just true. I didn't really think that through before I, I said it. Uh, oh, he's terrific. I know it's like you're only getting a piece, but he, he he's really good. He's so funny and um what a great he really is a nice guy. I don't know. You know, I'm listening to this now and I'm just like I, I bet you everybody's disappointed because you're not hearing the whole show, you know, you're not hearing the, the, the real comedians, but um like I said, I don't know. I'm playing it anyway. And we're just doing it and that's what we decided to do today and Here's the ending. The senators, that's never been what this is about. I'm just saying, maybe if we cut off a, a few think, fingers, you know, we'll, we'll get that bridge. Thanks, everyone. I'm Joe Matthews. Everybody, Joe Mackey. Yeah, he's terrific. It's funny you can see Rick trying to do bridge over troubled water. He's so fucking good. I was listening to that last joke and he was trying to work it out. And uh, yeah, that's that's pretty talented. I love him. You I love, love you. I've, love him. I've loved everybody on this stage tonight. They've it's all been, been a terrific. Fabulous night. Yeah, it? it really has been a fabulous night. I hope everybody had a good time. You don't have to, if you didn't. But I got the light. Uh, now I'm upset. Rick, yes, you're sir. a wonderful guy, too. You're a wonderful guy. <laughs> you don't have to say that. Okay, I won't. But I'd like to, as I always like to do, I like to leave everybody on a ballad that I think you'll all enjoy. Today, goodbye, the sweetness and 
the sorrow Wish me luck you do the same And I don't regret what I did for love What I did for Show. This has been a fun show. You're right. Hit party all the time. Woo! Hey, everybody, thank you for a great night. Sarah Silverman, Judy Gold, Gilbert Godfrey, Joe Mackey, Scott Rogowski, Keanu Thompson, Pegu in the back, and Mr. Rick Chrome. Amazing, everybody. Thank you for coming out. Come back in November for my 200th podcast anniversary special. Just like this. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Well, that's the show. Uh, hearing it back really doesn't sound that great, but it was because you know we have the comics in between, and uh, it was terrific. So again. I don't know. It's like when I'm listening to it and I'm doing the podcast and I'm recording the podcast, I'm like thinking, eh, maybe I should just cut out this entire section I did. But you know what? Again, who cares? I mean, it's live. Nobody's ever going to see it again. And there it is for all the world to know that it happened. It was a ha- it was a happening, man. It was a happening scene. It was a good time. It also shows me how horrible I am. But uh, I don't care. Like I said, we already know that. You like me anyway. You like me. You like me. And the party all the time. I just got from hanging out at that bar. You know, I told you we always play at like five in the morning. And I just was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to entertain the four people from the bar that are coming tonight. And, uh, and you know, sometimes that's good enough when you just do something for a certain amount of people. And uh, <laughs> that's the way I live my life. And again, that's why I have a regular job. But, you know, folks, Mateo was brilliant. Everybody was fun. Everybody had a good time. That's the important thing. But I tell you about that girl, Keanu. Very interesting. So I sent out like three invitations to girls that are young and comedians. Uh, And all of them wrote back uh, one wrote back I was like hey would you like to come I didn't say to perform on the show I said would you you know come to my, I'm doing a birthday show please come by and the first one wrote back book me and I'm like what I was just inviting you to come to the show I wasn't inviting you to do a spot on the show I've never seen your act before I don't understand so I never talked to her again cuz that was so it's very aggressive. It's smart in a way, but it's also very like, I don't know. It's bothersome. And, you know, we talk about this a lot. The really pretty girls that are doing comedy that some of them aren't very good. Some of them are. But a lot of them get spots because they are pretty and they're very aggressive on social media, making them think they are very famous and stuff like that, which is brilliant. 
You know, I'm always very jealous. I'm like, that is so smart. And I guess that's how they get worked. They're like, just, I'm like, hey, would you like to come to the show? Yeah, book me and I'll be there like that. So then I sent out another one to somebody and I said, hey, I'm having a show. And, you know, this is a, a friend of mine that I drink with sometimes. And she's like, yeah, I'm not going to any shows anymore where I'm not, I'm not going to any more comedy shows where I'm not booked. Number two. Now with Keanu, I wanted to find something for her because I like her very much. And, uh, I wanted to find something on the show, and I said, well, you know what? She's different. She's a nice girl, and I like her. I have not seen her act. I've never seen her perform, but she's nice. She's on this podcast. She's very good on this This Week in Sex podcast. And I texted her. I said, listen, I may have a bit for you to do if you'd be interested if you're around. And she's like, yeah, let me know. I'm sure I would love to. Uh, and then I said, yeah, I'll let you know more. And then she wrote back, I'd love to do it. And if you have any stage time, let me know. Maybe I could do a few minutes. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What is it with these girls? Maybe guys, too. I don't know. I've only had experience with the girls. What is it with these aggressive, aggressive girls asking for stage time? I don't. I've never seen Keanu's act. I've I, and and she wants me to put her up. I just know she's starting out, and she wants me to put her up in between Sarah Silverman and Gilbert Gottfried and Judy Gold. Are you fucking kidding me? But I let it go. I said, you know what? I'm just gonna let it go. I already asked her to do it. She'll do good on the show, and I'm just gonna let it go. I have to, or I'm just gonna get wound up. I just can't believe another person kind of had the nerve. I thought I was inviting her on a very special show, somebody who really is just starting out. She can meet some people. She can be at the club. I don't think she comes to very often. And, you know, maybe, I don't know. I thought it was helping. But that made me feel like a bag of shit. So she does the show. We hang out and I and she stays for the whole show, which made me so happy because then, She's not like the other. You know, the other girls I know who are starting out, they're always like, yeah, see, I got a spot. But she just hung out the whole night. So I introduced her to everybody, and she was nothing but polite and nice and happy to do anything. And then she also hung out the rest of the night, which, as you know, makes Dave Juskow very happy. The later you stay out, the more happy I am. I like the people that hang out all night. She hung out all night just to, you know, talk or whatever. That made me so happy. And so uh, towards the end, when it's just us, she says, listen, I got to talk to you. And I never said a word to her. She said, I got to talk to you. When I sent that text that I asked for stage time, I have to apologize about that. I didn't write that. The guy that I work with, this guy, Alan Fuchs, he changed his name. His name's Alan Finn. He changed Alan Fuchs. He's the head guy for the week, this week in sex he made me do it i'm telling you this because i really just i mean this was really upsetting he made me write this he was in my head and he said you no don't do it don't do it he's gonna make you seat people and and you gotta demand stage time and i was like what where is this coming from what i'm gonna make her I'm going to call a girl, tell her to do a bit, and then I'm going to make her seat people? 
what the fuck? And I guess she understood, or maybe it was just after the show and she realized, of course I wasn't going to make her, well, who the fuck kind of person am I? That I'm that kind of like, hey, sweetie, don't worry. I'm going to let you see people. Um, t- trust me, I'm doing you a favor. And this guy, I don't know what, and I said, listen, he's thinking that because he works at the shitty clubs and that's what he does and that's how he gets spots. And he was in her head. Now, I do not blame her for having this guy in her head because he's done this podcast and and, and brought her on and now she works at Sirius Radio and she does, so he's helped her and I got it. I understand, but I got to say, I was like really happy that without me saying a word, she said she was thinking about it too. Because this is what I was thinking about. I'm like, I'm never going to forget that she said that because that puts her in that category of the other girls. But then bringing it up and saying why she said it and why she was kind of forced into saying that because he said, this is what you have to do. And again, she's starting out. She's meeting people along the way. I have been definitely influenced by people like that who give you wrong advice. And, you know, frankly, on his side, he doesn't know any better either, probably. I guess this is how he gets spots. He doesn't know because nobody's asked him to do a big show, I guess. So I was thrilled that she said, I got a private man. I didn't prompt it. Nobody else prompted it. She just said it. And I couldn't have been happy. I'm like, now we can be friends forever because that was really cool that you got it. And that made her a special person. Now, I still haven't seen her act. So now I can't wait. And I really hope she's good because I really want her to be good. And I really want her to go far because she really she really did a great job on the show. And she acted well and she didn't try and take over or anything. And I guess that's why I knew I could trust her because we've hung out before and she's nothing but nice. And I really prayed because there's these other girls that I think would try too hard. And 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 try too much, and I I really I trusted her, and I was so glad that uh, my instinct was correct, and she was cool. And you know, we talk about stuff like this in the podcast all the time. These some of these girls that that either treat me bad, or or there's something about them, and these and certainly these female comics who are new and and very like aggressive and stuff like that. But um, that made me so happy because you know I'm I, you know that's that's what I I I I gotta know why I gotta know why I gotta know why things happen. And down the line, I probably would have said, I, I could be honest with you, because there's this other girl, and I'm not going to mention her name. And if we're going to be friends at any point, and she's one of the girls that said that, that well, I don't go in places I book. And if we're going to be friends in the future, we got to sit down and have a talk because she did something that's so fucked up, not to me, but put it out on Facebook that's so messed up. I'll tell you about it one day um, that I. I'm going to have to sit her down and be like, I have to know why you thought this was a good plan. And I have followed up on this thing and found that it's just a complete lie. And it's so weird. And I, I mean, she's a very nice girl and you know, I mean, she gets spots cause she's ridiculously pretty, but not that great a comedian, but you know, it's one of those things like, you know, who wouldn't give her some time? Cause she really is that pretty. Uh, but she did this thing that just like, because I, I was going to use her on some of my Godfather stuff because he needed an actress. She told me she was a, an actress and stuff. And I was, you know, looking for girls that I could, that might have known the Godfather. And even if they didn't, could they just act that way? You know, I still haven't found the perfect person yet um, for that particular show. Although Carmen Lynch was a pretty close 
candidate when she did Goodfellas, and I really enjoyed working with her, as I said. And this other girl, she told me she was a classically trained actress, and then I saw this thing on Facebook where she said she was doing this TV show, and it was all bullshit. I'll tell you more later, but uh, yeah. And after I saw that, I said, I'm not, even though she is really pretty and uh, I don't know, maybe I'm being a me too guy or whatever. And I'd like to get to know her. Um, not cool. I, the way she worded it before I even knew it was false was so messed up that it stuck in my head and I never used her for anything. But, uh, you know, in my mind, Keanu passed the test, <laughs> which I guess in a way it is in many ways. You know, you work with somebody once, you see how it works. And if it works again, you use them again. But really, she was nothing but nice and polite and hung out. And that is a that's a big thing for me to hang out, ha- kind of have uh, almost the respect in a way, not for me, but for the show and for the club and understanding like, wow, I'm at the comedy cell. I mean, when I was her age, I, I mean, that's. That was the whole thing. I'm like, wow, I can't believe I'm here. This is exciting. She she gets it. And some of these other girls, I don't know. They're just like, yeah, I got another spot. I'll see you later. You know, in Queens somewhere or whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you're doing a spot and you got a spot and you got to go, well, that's the thing. But, you know, it's, I guess we always talk, me and the, some of the, uh, my other friends that I'd grown up with, like Sarah and people like that, we all used to just hang out and watch each other's acts. I mean, think about it. Sarah and Judy hung out all night long and watch the show all night long. And they have, all right, maybe they didn't have any other place to go that particular night, but they hung out the whole night. They didn't go home and they're old, but they were enjoying themselves, just hanging out, watching our friends. We all know each other. We want to see what everybody's doing. It was a fun night. You know, the other comics come downstairs to see what's going on. Everybody checks out everybody's show. You know, I go into the cellar sometimes. See, you know, I just don't like stand-up comedy, but you know, if I got friends on, I'll go see them and, and sit in the back and just have a good time. I think also, you know who was there? Larry Moss was there, who I, I you know, I had a whole podcast about him, the great acting teacher, and uh, he came, and it was very exciting, and he, you know, I listen, I don't know, but he was like, you know, you really are terrific. You're a great entertainer. And, you know, whether he's just saying stuff to say stuff, <laughs> high praise from the greatest acting teacher of our time in this you know, century, this decade or whatever, uh, you know, made me feel real good, you know, whether it's true or not. Uh, I, you know, thank you for saying it. It works, you know, when you're looking for praise, when you just finish a show and you need it because we're all crazy. So that was like way exciting. And I was so glad he came. I mean, he's, I don't think he's ever come to a show. I, I wish he had come to one of the other ones where I'm actually acting and stuff, which would have been uh, better for me. But this was a great show. I had such a nice time. Um, you know, it was, it was, you know, it's a lot of pressure putting a show together like this, but I could probably do it all the time. You know, I'm the weak link, you know, that's the, that's why I didn't charge more money. I probably could have charged 20 bucks for the tickets. I don't charge 15, but I always say, I know I'm the weak link. So I'm afraid to charge 20 because I'm in the show, but I'm going to try and get better. I, I uh, found this guy. I'll tell you more about him. Uh, who might help me out a little bit with my stand-up and, and you know, so, so I can be better on these shows so I'm not the weak link. But I know how it is. You'll, you know, you're hearing this. You can hear the audience really couldn't care less about me. <laughs> They're there for the other people. But listen, I put the show together. I put that lineup together. 
And I technically, as the producer, entertained those people for an hour and 45 minutes, gave them their money's worth, and everybody went home happy. And that's all on me. So even if I'm not the best performer in this juncture, uh, I provided a good service for the people that gave them their money's worth. I don't think this year anybody will complain as they did last year with the great legendary Wid and his wonderful prop comedy. That guy is still a genius. I don't care what anybody says. And uh, I still want to go see a show, and I swear to God, one day I'm still going to just have a show where I have him on again, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, fuck all of you. I, I just want to see a full 45 minutes on the win. And I want David Tell to open for him because that's goddamn funny. Uh, so that'll be when I'm at uh, Louis C.K. status. Um, so look for that for my 75th birthday, uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, so anyway, then um, I was like so gung-ho that I the show got showed out and everything. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. And I got Jessica Pilot on my side, you know, books the Colbert show. So I'm like, hey, let's fucking, let's do some shows. We're going to do the Big Brothers Big Sisters show in October. I'm like, you know, I'm feeling good about it because it's always on my mood and how I feel about booking people and how I feel about myself. And then I got to do something for the 200th podcast. It's coming up. It's in November. So I'm going to schedule the 200th podcast and put this, this exact same show together and then maybe maybe just do love love actually again in december who cares we like it and then maybe just me and mateo singing christmas songs in december let's let's just keep doing shows and keep it going and having a good time and you know if you can't come and like uh gabriel noel so nice and thank you for i haven't looked at twitter or facebook i've been so Busy, I got to look, but I saw yours, and thank you, and I know you couldn't, you know, it's hard to come from Toronto uh, to the show, so, and I'm sorry, you know, I can't play people's material, but hopefully you got the gist of how fun the night was and how good the show was, um, and that's all I can provide, you know, for now, and uh, we'll just keep doing shows and keep playing the clips and, you know, trying to entertain you the best I can for a couple of hours Every week, something, you know, because now I, now I want to do, I wish everybody knew who Ruth Gordon was because I really want to do that imitation. All the time. I want to bring it back, but nobody cares. I mean, it's funny that they like Liza, but they don't know Ruth Gordon. Ah, relax. I called your father. You got to learn to live a little. Come on, please. This is what I do. This is Ruth Gordon. She was in... Um, Rosemary's Baby and uh, My Bodyguard and, I don't know, Taxi once won an Emmy for her performance. God, Rosemary's Baby is the devil's baby. You gotta, gotta be fun. It's a good time for it all. Come on. You gotta learn to live a little. She was really good. She was good. You can see I started to lose my voice at the very beginning of the show. You know what that is? That's nerves. That's not performing all the time because I was drinking over the weekend. I'm like, I don't care. Because I'm not doing grease, grease. Remember, I wasn't drinking at all. My voice sounded good. I was prepared. This time, not so much. And meanwhile, I didn't prepare, but I should have. I kept coming home. I'm going to do it tonight. I'm going to do it tonight. Ugh, couldn't get it together. I got to be smarter and, and just more organized. But going to work, can you imagine? On the weekends, seem to help. Doesn't make any sense. I guess that's the thing. 
If I ever leave this job, I'm going to need an office. I guess that's why millionaires, people like Larry David, they need an office. They need somewhere to go where they can concentrate on work. And it's funny that I'm going to my job work to concentrate on my personal work, even though I do that during the hours, but I couldn't, I can't concentrate during the hours. So I actually have to go to the office on the weekends to concentrate more on work. I can't do it at my own house. It's ridiculous. Well, you know what the problem is? Now I don't have my cat anymore to go over my material because remember, she was always a pretty good judge. I mean, like, a, hey, what do you think of that 23 and me joke? So you do like it? Wait, you don't? I can't see what you're doing. Like, wait, so you think it's funny or you think I should work it out more? I, I have no idea what you're saying. Are you hungry? What's happening here? You're like the worst cat ever. You have like no opinion. But, oh, and then Tuesday last week, a week from today, when this comes out, uh, ago, Scott Rogowski on HQ gave me a shout out on Tuesday for my birthday. It was great. Uh, one of my friends, uh, Corey Abraham, who works at NBC, goes like, oh, my God, I totally knew it was your birthday, but I forgot. And I was like, I got to text him today. And then I saw HQ and I'm like, oh, my God, that was really exciting. I mean, really exciting. Like, um. I don't know. It was just great, you know. My my niece saw it and everything. It was it was uh, it was way cool, you know. One of those things that's just like that's ridiculous, but there's just something about it that just makes it awesome, especially with the whole day. And he was there, and he was really nice. Scott Rogowski, just to mention him again, because uh, he really was terrific and and a nice guy. And I just can't believe he came. And I paid everybody. Everybody. Sarah got paid. Gilbert got paid. Scott got paid. Keanu got paid. Everybody got paid. Something or whatever, because you know what? It's the right thing to do, but you can't expect people to work for free. Give them a little something. But I paid all the comics their standard what they'd get for doing a spot at the Comedy Cellar. So, uh, you know, it's important because you want them to work with you again. And, and this time, Judy Gold didn't even complain. I couldn't believe it. She's like, oh, thank you. I mean, I thought for sure. She's like, that's all, you know, because she's crazy. But uh, I think there was anything else I had to say this the only thing I gotta say is um you know uh oh I know Jessica Pilot for those of you who uh, have come over from the Night Thoughts podcast about the Cars movie again I have to go on Twitter I know there's been people want to see the movie um we are trying to work it out and Jessica Pilot was like hey let's book the cars on your show and I'm like what she's like yeah let's book the cars I mean she just doesn't care making a cold call that's why I like her so much. She's so interesting. Um, but, right, I mean, we were just talking after we did last week's podcast. We are like, let's get Cheap Trick. The fact of the matter is, you could probably get Rick Ocasek to come on and do a song. He lives down the street. It's not a horrible plan. Can you imagine? For the 200th podcast, you get Rick Ocasek to come on, do, uh, well, anything, but even like emotion, emotion, whatever. I, I, are you kidding me? Can you imagine? I mean, if that doesn't get the, the Cars thing going, then then what will? And I saw that uh, David had the, the the thing. What would you like it prefer on Netflix or this? I, I love it. I love it. We voted. Oh, and I have to tell you. So I listened to the Night Thoughts podcast where they watched the movie and David and, and Donna, I, I just couldn't. I, it made me smile so much that you guys got it, you know, because it's. It's a quirky movie, and, and you know it, and you say it, and you get it, but you got all the gags, and it's so funny. And I said to Memo, I'm like, you got to listen to this. I guarantee it's going to make you smile. 
and you know memo and 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 he uh wrote back he was driving to massachusetts listening to the whole thing he goes oh my god i laughed i smiled it was the best he got it too it really is uh it really is terrific like you know we made it 10 years ago nobody's really ever seen it and certainly only one cars fan and he walked out uh and um of course fanny with the the brother of the led Easton. uh but but you know to, to that the fact that you guys get it and because the, you know not a lot of people are going to get it if you like the cars you're going to like it in the sense that it's very historically accurate you know, there are certain things in it that you know, only cars fans could know so it's great when you guys get that we're doing the thing with andy warhol and rick okasic you know you guys know this video. No one else is going to know. You guys know we're doing it exactly the way that Hello Again video was that they did. But other people are going to be like, well, this is funny. But until you actually see the video, you don't realize how amazing it is. Where we just we were just imitating the two most boring people you've ever seen in your life. And yet, the two most creative people we've ever known Andy Warhol and Rick Ocasek creative artistically creative in two different ways but the most dull people you'll ever meet on the planet when talking to them well he he just called me and I just said hello (laughs) and then Andy Warhol was like yeah I just I I called and and he and he picked up and and I said hello so I'm just so glad you guys liked it, and uh, we're we're gonna work it out. We're gonna have another big screening, I think, maybe in Brooklyn with a big show beforehand or something. I'm just into doing shows now live. I got to do more live stuff, and that's why I got to get better. And we're all gonna do it. And I'm telling you, it's gonna be a great fall. We're gonna take a week off next week. Who who puts out a you know a podcast the week the before Labor Day? Um, so you know we always take off that week. So we're gonna take off next week, and then we'll come back with a brand new one. Even though I'm gonna record the podcast the week before Labor Day, but we're gonna do it. And uh, Going into football season, uh, I will be, by the way, on, since this comes out the 4th, or this comes out on the 21st, but the next podcast comes on the 4th, I will be on the Anthony Cumia show on September 5th, which I believe is the Tuesday or Wednesday after Labor Day, so I'll be on um, his show, obviously without Artie. Uh, but I guess now with Eastside Dave is on it now. I I don't I don't know. I don't I unfortunately didn't subscribe to the thing, but I will be on that show September fifth, and um, you know, and and hopefully we're gonna have a great fall with great podcasts and great people and good times like we always do on the Night Fly with Dave Juskow. And I mean, if I'm leaving with anything besides this, I mean, you know, I got to be out of my mind. But. Um, Thanks to all the people that, uh, if anybody who's listening that actually attended the show, thanks everybody for attending my birthday party. And I swear to God, I'm just like, I'm just like Pee Wee in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, or, or that that last one, the last one he did for Netflix, where it was all about his birthday party. But it was also in the Big Adventure where Francis and you know it was all about birthday parties and Seinfeld and Newman. Like when I was at a uh, Newman's birthday party and FDR made a wish, and it's funny when older people just talk about their birthday parties. <laughs> And it, I know they were making fun of it in TV, but I think it's funny that um, I like talking about my birthday party. Are you coming to my birthday party? I still like putting together a birthday party. I can't help it. And it's in different carnations all the time. Sometimes I do shows. Sometimes I do um, uh, just regular parties. Sometimes I do rooftop parties. That's what I was doing for a while. 
And uh, lately I've just been putting these shows together because I have the Comedy Cellar and the Comedy Cellar family and the underground. And, you know, why not have a show? Why not put on a show? Because really, the Comedy Cellar to me at this point, the Village Underground, which is an amazing place, is, um, you know, the, the Judy Garland, uh, Mickey Rooney, uh, let's, let's open the barn and put on a show. And that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to do it more mainstream, but if I got a piano player and I got a guy playing Liza, then I'm obviously going a little off of the uh, <laughs> what the people want in a more cabaret format, but I can't help myself, and that's what I prefer. So if you have the mix and you got the comics that people like and the other stuff and the bits, that's a show. That's a show. Like, what did you do? What did you have for breakfast this morning? I woke up. I had a grapefruit. I got, that's a show. So that's the whole thing. So we're going to leave you tonight with Eddie Murphy going all the way back to find the classic party all the time. I can't believe how funny it is uh, now thinking about, like, people love it. And it's just, it was just so horribly horrible when it came out. But um, Eddie Murphy was the king of the world at that time, and he couldn't do any wrong. So we'll leave you tonight and for the rest of the summer with the ultimate party theme. Party all the time. Here's Eddie Murphy and Rick James. Party all the time. Everybody, listen, have a wonderful rest of your summer. Have a terrific Labor Day, and we will see you the day after Labor Day when it becomes September, the fall, our favorite part of the year, the Nightfly's favorite season, fall in New York City. We'll see you next time, everybody. Thanks for a great summer of podcasting. Good night.